Let's stand. The reading of God's Word, Matthew chapter 6. We're in the Sermon on the Mount. We'll continue to be in the Sermon on the Mount. But we're ending the section of the Sermon on the Mount that includes the Lord's Prayer. I would like for us to read this together again as we did last Sunday. Matthew 6, 9 to 13, with full voice together. Pray then like this, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please be seated. This morning, I'm going to focus on the final four words of the Lord's Prayer as it's recorded in Matthew's Gospel. I want to begin by reviewing where we were last week. Last Sunday, I talked about an enemy going to 1 Peter 5, 8. Jesus says, pray this, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And I share with you from 1 Peter 5, 8 that the enemy's real. He's roaming around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. And that word devour means to drink up. You are someone. The people you love and your family are someone. Your pastors, we are someone. We have an enemy that really wants to destroy the very things I was just talking about a minute ago. What I want to do for a few minutes is look at those final four words. They all matter. Deliver us from evil. So first, let's start with the word us. If you haven't noticed, this whole prayer has a corporate element. When you pray, pray, our Father who art in heaven, forgive us our debts. Deliver to us our daily bread. And when we pray for protection, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. All that does is echo the reality that you and I are in a war. Individually, we feel it. We feel the world, the flesh, and the devil coming at us. But so do our brothers and sisters in Christ. And we need to pray for one another. That simple prayer, deliver us from evil. Well, what does the word deliver mean? This is a really very powerful word. It's used throughout Scripture in many places. Deliver means to draw someone, to literally drag someone who is in danger on the ground away from that which is about to harm them. Deliver means to snatch them away from that which is seeking to devour them. In secular language, way back in antiquity, it was used to describe military. It was used to describe a soldier who had a fallen comrade, and that soldier to protect his comrade would move towards him, snatch him, pick him up, gather him, and carry him away from danger. So that when we are praying to the Lord, deliver us from evil, 
We literally are praying, snatch us away, grab hold of us, protect us from the evil that is coming at us. It's an amazing picture. My father-in-law served in the Navy and he served in the Vietnam War. He died this last February. We were reminded in a sweet way of that yesterday when one of the deacons brought a poinsettia to our house. Just to remember, just to say you're loved. My father-in-law didn't speak very often to anybody in his family about what he experienced in the war except me. It was the thing that caused him to resist receiving Jesus because of the horrors of what he himself was a part of. But he would talk about times when he himself was the one to move towards, move forward in danger, to grab a hold of someone and snatch them from danger. And the times in which he himself was also grabbed by another, that he might be protected. When we had his memorial this past summer, there were five people present, two Navy officers, my bride, Christina, her brother, and me. And that was it. But the trumpet blasted, and it was beautiful. And we gave praise for what he had done. But the security, wondering if he was in eternity with Christ or separated from him for all eternity, was very real. And you know, we don't mean to say things that can be hurtful to one another, do we? But I can't tell you how many times somebody came up and said, but your dad was a believer. And when you don't know and you doubt, it's very painful for us. What we have to see is that there is a war that is much greater than any physical war that we could be a part of. And Jesus knows that, and he's telling us that, and he's saying, as we fight this enemy, avail yourselves of all that I have given you. And one of those is prayer, and one of those specific prayers is this one, which is not meant to be prayed once in a while, when in a corporate setting, we as the church say, the Lord's Prayer together. It's something that you should wake up praying, pray all day long, pray at night all the time. Lord, deliver us from evil. That's what deliver means. The word from, you've probably never given much attention to. Deliver us from. It's a fantastic word. It's a little bitty word spelled A-P-O, apo. It depicts the rupture the rupture of a previous association. I love that. Deliver us from. It depicts the rupture of a previous association. We all were children of wrath like the rest of mankind. Following the course of the spirit of the air, the power that is now at work among the sons of disobedience in whom we all once lived, following the passions of the flesh. That's Paul in Ephesians 2. But there was a rupture. And the rupture, this little bitty word, apo, this rupture separated us from the association we once had. That's why what Robbie said at the beginning of our public confession is so important. We are in Christ saints who this side of heaven continue to sin and must continue to confess our sins. 
But that enslavement, that bondage to Satan was ruptured. You want to see this? It's amazing. Grab your Bible if you didn't bring yours. Pick up one in front of you, the blue pew Bible. And turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 1. If you didn't bring your Bible, I want to show you what one looks like. They're little. They can be bigger than this, but they don't have to be much bigger than this. It's pretty light. It's not much of a hassle. I know you might have it on your device, and that's fine. I use that Bible all the time. But I want to encourage you to bring it because you can flip through it and not get distracted by things you might see. I'm not trying to create shame. I'm just saying it's not that heavy. It's not that complicated. This is really important, all right? So look with me at 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10. Here you're going to see the same word, same Greek word. It's ruhamai. That's the word itself. It's spelled R-H-U-O-M-A-I. That's the word for deliverance. Listen to this. It's used three times by Paul. 2 Corinthians 1, verse 10. He delivered us, speaking of God, he delivered us from such a deadly peril, and he will deliver us. On him we have set our hope that he will deliver us again. There is so much theology here. It's simply put this way, though. Our Savior, Jesus Christ, was sent to this earth to rupture the attachment that we had, not just to some abstract vision of evil, but true evil. You belonged to Satan. Satan was your father. That's true of all people until that rupture takes place. Jesus Christ was sent to be our deliverer. He is our rescuer. He was sent here to snatch, to grab, to drag away from those who belonged to that enemy. And if you've trusted in him, he used the spirit, his spirit, to illuminate your hearts and minds to believe the truth. God's deliverance is past tense. He has delivered us. It's also present tense. He is delivering us. Right now, there is no temptation that you experience that he does not have the power to deliver you from. No temptation. There is nothing, according to Scripture, that you face that's not common to man. He is faithful. He will always provide a way out. That liar Robbie spoke of earlier, he wants you and I to think that's impossible. That there are things that we simply can't, that God can't keep us from. Not true. He is, he has delivered us, past tense. He is delivering us. No matter what it is that's coming at you, and it can be fierce and fiery and hot. It certainly is in my life. Everything that comes at me, he has the power to deliver me from. Will I avail myself of his means? Now, some of you are like, I get that. And I really am living a godly life, and I praise God for that. And you may be experiencing incredible victory over lust or greed or selfishness. Does that mean Satan's done with you? If he's taken all the things of the world, and actually they're not that attractive to you. The things that would tempt many people, it's not attractive to you. Thank God for that. But I promise you, he's still after you. And what he's after you for is the same thing. 
while he wants to drink somebody else down with pornography, somebody else down with incredible greed, somebody else down with profound fear of man, he wants to drink you down with self-righteousness. He wants you to continue to grow as the disciple of, not Jesus, the Pharisees. He wants to continue to give you eyes of judgment towards other people where you're like, I'm glad we're not like that. I'm glad my child's not like those children. Self-righteousness is just another tool that the enemy uses profoundly in the church, profoundly in religion, to drink others up, to devour them. He can deliver you from that. One of the ways you can sense him beginning to do that is if you'll just simply pray the prayer, Father, is there anything in me that's offensive? Self-righteousness is just as offensive as any other sin that you might be offended in somebody else. It's offensive. It's not less offensive. Self-righteousness required the nails. Self-righteousness required the crown. Self-righteousness required the spear. Self-righteousness required the same death of Christ. Many, though, who were religious were still veiled. They couldn't see. The, the enemy wants to drink us up. He doesn't stop. But we who are in Christ have been delivered. We are being delivered, and we will be delivered. One more place. It's just a few pages over. Just listen as I read this one. This is in Colossians chapter 1, verse 13. He Christ Jesus has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son. You and I are part of, if you're in Christ, part of that kingdom, which is the only eternal kingdom. It will never end. We already are part of that because he has delivered us. Hear this verse again. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us, which means it's another deliverance. It's not just from something, it's to something. You weren't just delivered from self-righteousness or from lust. You were delivered to something and ultimately someone, his kingdom. Verse 14 follows that saying, in whom, meaning Jesus, the beloved son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. That's what deliverance means. Deliverance from evil. Now, this word evil has been debated throughout time. We don't need to get lost in the debate because the essence is still the same. But some of your translations will say, deliver us from evil which is in the ESV. Other translations will say, deliver us from the evil one. Now, the reason there's a debate or different translations do different things is not because any core thing is at risk. Unless you read that and pray, deliver us from evil, and you think it's something that's just abstract. It's not. There are two pronouns that are important to pay attention to. One ends in, O-N, and that is a neutral or, you know, just a simple, no masculine, no feminine pronoun. 
Sometimes that exists. But in this case, it doesn't. It's OS. It ends with that ending, which means that it's masculine. And therefore, those who translate it, deliver us from the evil one, believe that that's the essence of it. To be truthful, it doesn't really matter. If you see that he, the evil one, is behind all evil and what his intentions are to drink you up, to devour you, then you'll see how to pray this prayer and why this prayer matters. J.C. Ryle, Bishop J.C. Ryle, one of my favorite authors, one of my favorite books, Holiness, he explains this section this way. He says, we are taught when we pray, deliver us from evil. We are taught to ask God to deliver us from evil that is in the world, the evil that is within our own hearts, and not least from the evil one, the devil himself. We confess that so long as we are in the body, this physical body, we are constantly seeing, hearing, and feeling the presence of evil. Let me say that again. As long as we are in the body, we are constantly seeing, hearing, and feeling the presence of evil. It is about us and within us and around us on every side. We entreat him who alone can preserve us to be continually delivering us from its power. That's what we're up against. But if we focus just on what we're up against and not up on the one who is the great deliverer, we could live in profound despair. We shouldn't. Jesus Christ, our deliverer, has given us everything to fight, to fight the world. The world is dark. It is decaying. Do you agree? And it always has been since the fall, and it always will be until he returns. Some seasons might seem darker than others, but the world is always going to be dark, dying, decaying. But we have the light of Christ, not just as a metaphor, but the very person through his spirit living in us. Our hearts, while this side of heaven and our flesh battle, think of Galatians 5, while that battle still exists, we actually have been given new birth. We are new creations. The old is gone, the new has come. Why? Because it's been ruptured. You are a new creation in Christ if you've trusted him. You have a heart that was once dead to spiritual things, that now is alive and able to pursue spiritual things, but not yet perfectly, for the battle still rages on. The world, the flesh, and then the devil himself. The devil is not omnipresent, but he has loads of fallen demons. And the work that they seek to do together is that devouring work, that drinking up work. But none of them, not Satan himself, not any demon, is omnipotent, not even close, nor are they omniscient. They do not know all things. We have living in us the very God who is omnipresent, who is omnipotent, all-powerful, 
who is all-knowing, who will always provide a way out. Always. James tells us in his epistle, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Our Father has given us this prayer through his Son and through the illuminating work of the Spirit that we might live as those who have been delivered. It's been ruptured, friend. As those who are being delivered. And finally, for those who will ultimately be delivered, where that battle that Jesus is talking about will exist no more. Friend, avail yourself of everything Christ has given you. Father in heaven, I praise you. I praise you for this body of believers, for we need one another in you. I praise you for the Holy Spirit, who is the one who is able to protect us, God himself, and for our deliverer, Jesus, who even now lives to intercede on our behalf. And Father, as we close in a very familiar hymn, and as we sing in the final line, we're prone to wonder, Lord, I feel it, prone to leave the God I love. I pray, Lord, that even now, you would show us how desperate we are for you, how much we need to cry out, deliver us continually, and that you would reveal to us whatever it is we need to see, whatever it is we need to hear, to wage war against this enemy. Thank you for your faithfulness, and may we leave today knowing more about your faithfulness. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.